Welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you feel like your household frustrations are stealing away your life hour by hour, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. With a bit of history and a dash of psychology, this isn't your typical house podcast. I'm a realtor and home functionality coach. I geek out on various subjects regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, making adulting easier one podcast at a time. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss aesthetics. Back before there were podcasts, we purchased furniture a bit differently. I was out showing homes to a client today and I was reminded by the decor in front of us that once upon a time you could walk into a furniture store and select a bedroom set that was all the same. The bed, a chest of drawers, nightstands, all of them matching and ready to fill up the room. Whoa. This was around the same time that we bought a fuzzy toilet seat cover, a matching small bathroom mat that wrapped around the toilet just in case all that pee splatter needed a soft place to land. So disgusting. And a matching rug for next to the bathtub. You probably also had a matching shower curtain, matching hand towels, and matching bath towels. Bonus points for matching soap, matching drinking cups, and toothbrush holders. Do you remember this? This was a thing. You could buy a bed in a bag. I think that might have actually been how they marketed it. The comforter, pillowcases, bed skirt, and sheets all identical in one bag. This is not a thing now. Please refrain from going anywhere and buying sets of anything that match. Matchy matchy is not a thing anymore. (laughs) Matchy matchy is an adjective used to describe a space that is excessively color coordinated. Heck, it's even out of style for your bridesmaids to wear matching dresses now. Talk about a revolt against matching. Now, most of us, if not all of you, probably know this, but the question is, do you know what to do about it? The lack of variety in colors, in wood, and in textures made spaces feel flat, lack personality, and look entry level, which is the opposite of relaxing and designer-esque. If you've listened to this podcast all the way through from episode one, you know that I love to incorporate history when possible. 
I want to read an excerpt about color trends and forecasting from page 194 of the Complete Color Harmony Pantone Edition book by Leatrice Eisman. Although we are inclined to think of predicting color usage as more recent venture, forecasting color had its earliest beginnings at the end of World War I. From a commercial standpoint, it started as a way to color coordinate manufacturing through the textile and allied industries, ensuring that products across industries would complement each other. The forecasts afforded manufacturers some lead time for product planning and development so there was less risky guesswork involved in predicting trends and more guidelines for them to follow in color selection. Trend prediction samples started as simple color cards that illustrated the actual colors that were to be used in designs and products. Eventually, they were developed into more robust forecasting books, catalogs, and reports complete with inspirational imagery. These could include either printed chips or paint chips, samples of yarn or fabric, and many are noted with Pantone specifications. It goes on later to say, there's much to be learned by observing and researching upcoming lifestyles and answering relevant questions such as, are people going to be more or less involved in cooking and food prep? New food and beverage choices predicted for the future are often an indicator of future trends as well as the implements and products that go along with the consumption of those specific foods and beverages. What sorts of sports activities or exercises are gaining momentum? Are they higher energy pursuits of the type that often spawn brighter colors? What about leisure time activities? Will consumers have cocoon-like pods that they can retreat into for a sense of quiet and relaxation? And will they want quiet colors in those pods to encourage the needed silence and rest? What are the design trends for the home? Do decorating trends seem to be going more in the direction of natural and organic fabrics and furnishings, or do they appear to be more contemporary, polished, sleek, and high-tech inspired? In more recent years, we've seen less of an either-or mentality, allowing for more eclectic choices and styling. That is why home forecasts include several options for color palettes. There's no one definitive style direction. Consumers have different comfort levels that need to be acknowledged and not dogmatically structured for them. Trend reports deliver the design and color guidelines that are helpful to designers, manufacturers, and ultimately to the consumer. Now, I'm recording this anti-matchy-matchy podcast having committed this very crime, and I'm admitting to you that I haven't fixed it yet. I have a dining room table with six matching chairs, and I have had them forever. The table is a great size. It has a leaf in it, so it can be even smaller when necessary. It was perfect for my last smaller condo, and now that we're in a bigger home, it's grown wonderfully. The chairs work well for the space, but they still match. 
And so I'm setting out to remedy this by disassembling them and staining them so it's not such an outdated eyesore. The main table is one color and the chairs I'll probably do something else altogether. Also cool having four chairs or six along either side of your table that are similar but have the two end chairs different. Or pair a bench on one side with chairs on the other. Even kitchens have gotten in on the act by having upper cupboards a different color from the lower cupboards or the island different from the main wall of cabinetry. Some open shelves, some not. Kitchen poles and hardware different from that in the bathroom. Matchy matchy is not a thing. And every room in the house has heard about it. For the sake of not being wasteful, though, I would challenge you to think about simply recovering your matching pillows. I was at a home space and reason consultation last week, and in that report, I recommended some pillow covers that I am totally crushing on right now. They went over the pillows that came with the couch and brought it into the year 2020 with that one singular move and not a bit of waste. Maybe you have chairs in different rooms that you can swap out. Simply trade a few things around so they don't match. Now, before you go out and intentionally buy different stuff, there is a rhyme to this reason. It shouldn't be identical, but it should play well in the same sandbox. Well, what the heck does that mean? So things shouldn't clash, but they also shouldn't match. Now, my 1980s brain often wants to match, so I fight with myself often about this can't match but still needs to play nice together concept. I'm finding it challenging to explain this on a podcast because I'm such a visual person. Let's say you have a bedroom with light gray walls to keep this simple. Your trim is white in this example. Your headboard is what? Gray upholstered? Your bedspread is hopefully not gray? Your nightstands are hopefully wood or a color or maybe they don't match at all. Maybe they don't even match each other. I have the same exact nightstand flanking either side of my bed, but the one on the left is a turquoise and the one on the right is the same exact thing in green to pop off my tropical Tommy Bahama vibe. Window coverings. I mean, I have always been a fan of wood shutters, but if you're opting for curtains, think colors that play well with the gray and white in this scenario without being too matchy-matchy with it. Think texture, think greenery. A dark green and navy can oftentimes read as neutral colors, so I enjoy both of these very much. Look at your space and imagine navy living there. I feel like the more colors you can put in, either in a muddy or a light version, is best. You're not adding Crayola versions in quantity. Sometimes what is ideal is to find a small painting or a card with a bunch of lovely colors on it that really resonate with you and then swatch it out with paint swatches. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to buy paint. 
but it means that can be your color palette. Stick those swatches in your wallet and base your entire room off that palette. Hopefully it has like four or more colors in it, maybe even five or more. If you choose a foggy grayish green, a dark forest green that's almost black works well too. So step down on those paint swatches several steps and you'll have another option that plays well with it. Use the color wheel. If you don't have a physical one, use the Google. Let's use this dark forest green example as um, the option today. If we're going to use this scenario, red and red orange are opposite on the color wheel. So take that color and muddy it up a bit and you'll have a great accent color. Step up to a lighter version of that same reddish orange on the paint swatch and you'll find a salmon color. You know what else works with this? Caramel or like a camel color. This is often another nature emulating color that can be sitting in the sandbox with others. Think of how this color might occur in nature and take cues from it. I understand not everyone feels like they can really see color the way a designer can, but don't let that intimidate you. You can still get to a great end result using a different path. Take for example this photo of my brother and his dog. I will post it on our Facebook group page. The colors in it are so, so good. And you could take a photo like this to the paint store and swatch it out. A few versions of the blue that's in the sky, the sandy color that's in the sand. There are several here that all play well together because the photo itself is attractive. Then you can stick those swatches in your wallet or someplace mobile, glove box, whatevs. So then when you're out in the world, you can compare the things you see and are considering with these colors to see if they play well together. If you don't immediately love it, don't go with it. You'll know when it's right. If you have several bedroom sets in your home, take some nightstands in one room and swap them with another. Try a whitewash stain if you love the piece itself but you want to move away from the matchy-matchy. Plants. Add some, please. Broken record? Yep, do it. Plants always add so much to a space. If you have a lot of matchy-matchy stuff, you might consider selling some of it to buy replacements that aren't as matchy. Here's something that really threw me for a loop personally. Picture frames that are all different. Man, does that screw with my noggin? No idea why. I was wired as a youngster to match stuff, so I have to actively work at not matching. My hair scrunchie matched my neon socks with my matched nail polish. I was rad. Not. <laughs> so likewise, do you have several identical accent pillows on your couch? Let's fix that. Maybe one can be solid, a couple could be patterned, and another could be a lovely texture. If you're renovating, here is a way to think of a renovation from the very beginning, even if you have not started. You know how you gotta get it right in your head first? 
Let's say instead of approaching it with a color theme, you approach it with an item that you love the looks of. Even food works. Sometimes picking a color for a room is where people start. But if you're hesitating, don't start there. Start with the photo you took of the cake your grandmother made topped in blackberries sitting atop the green vintage cake pedestal that you've always adored. There's a wonderfully fun website called colorpalettes.net and you can choose your vibe, aka food or places or whatever, and it gives you four colors associated with it. So for example, right now I have the site pulled up and I'm looking at a giant artichoke. There is an entire palette based off just that one artichoke photo. And I might add, when we have to make stuff up in our heads, many of us, especially if you don't think of yourself as an artsy person, think in terms of general primary and secondary colors. Blue, red, green, yellow, orange, purple, etc. But when you look at the site, you see variances and depths in colors like dusty green, smoky blue, garlic husk, and all the variations a hydrangea has dreamed up. There are photos of blood red oranges and the skin between the outside and the flesh itself is a wonderful light, light peachy pink. I see a photo of a vintage truck in a sun-soaked town with a palette that takes inspiration from it. You'll see words like cinnamon and dough or stone. These are the colors I want you to think on. These rich descriptors help you to build a palette that has depth and interest. The palette that I recommended to a home space and recent client this past week was based primarily off his existing wall color, which he didn't necessarily want to change. And I added his existing couch in and then simply searched for the palette I knew was out there combining these two colors and adding variations, darks and lights and natural greens to what he already had. Let's add some fog to that palette setting atop of the tree line in our minds and add in a splash of navy and maybe some creamy natural peanut butter in there. Doesn't that sound delightful? Can you see that in your mind's eye? Now, how different does that feel when approaching a space with descriptors derived from an artichoke, let's say? Easier? I think so. Nature has layers and depth and naturals, and we can always look there, look to the things we love to eat or the places we love to hike for the starting point of a room so that it's not matchy-matchy. There's a difference between something going together and something matching. Notice your self-talk. How are you doing on that? Are you keeping it positive? What are you grateful for today? I am personally grateful that I can look outside and actually see the sun today, which is a change for where I live. Create the highest, grandest visual possible for your life because you become what you believe. If you've elevated your space, 
you will have elevated your daily life living in that space. Pick one room to work on, or if this overwhelms you, pick one corner or one vignette. Baby steps here. I am in charge of how I feel and how my space feels. What do you choose? Let's talk about my hack for a quick second because I can't emphasize enough how helpful it is to carry around those color swatches on your person, in your purse or wallet, wherever, so that you can reference things when you unexpectedly happen upon something. If you find it delightful, you can whip out those swatches and see if it will play well with the colors you've already got in your space. And I don't just mean paint. Because there's a fine line between things that are collected over time with intention and mismatched and chaotic crap, let's dissect this concept of not being matchy-matchy with the questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Question number one. Do I have variations in texture and materials? Think of your throw blanket. Is it velvety? Is it chunky, furry, animal print, or hexagon? Do you have leather somewhere in the mix, even if it's just a coaster for your drink or an item on your shelf? Is the tray on your ottoman woven? or metal? Are the pillows linen or velvet? Even subtle textures can be so elegant. Question two, what do I have that I could procure something that it is the opposite of? If your drapes are soft and silky, might you hang a raw piece of rough wood next to it with a gorgeous staghorn fern growing out of it? Think opposites. If you have something smooth, pair it with something rough. If you have something highly manufactured like black metal, add something wood or leather with it. Question three. Have I layered things at all? Let's talk about that. Today I had a conversation with a client about a ladder I told him to purchase to hold his throw blankets. I told him to tuck it slightly behind his plant just a bit and lean it up against the wall so when you look through the room, there is something sitting in a vignette there. The plant in front of the picture on the wall and the ladder holding throws below it. This is the opposite of lining everything up next to each other, pushed to the outside of the room. Things cross over things when you layer. This could also mean two framed pieces of art sitting on a shelf and one is smaller, sitting slightly in front of the other and overlapping just enough. It can also mean plants gathered in threes or a mirror behind a plant that is next to your photo albums. You are creating vignettes here with this overlapping pretty little conglomerates of things. And if you're anything like me, you can stare at them and rearrange them obsessively until they're just right. Sometimes I make myself crazy. Question four. 
Do you have a deliberate, defined color palette that consists of more than three colors? Now, I would suggest starting with a main color, then adding something you love with it, and there is your pedestal that the room will stand on, metaphorically speaking. Take one of those colors and step down or up a couple steps to bring in a much darker or lighter version and add that to your palette. Next, pick a white-ish version, something that looks white but isn't. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen me do this recently for a cabin interior that I put together. The white was not in fact white, but it appears that way next to all the other colors, yet it still works in the scheme of things. It feels good because it's not stark white. Then, of course, you probably already know what I'm going to ask you to do the same with black. Doesn't have to be true black, but just a really dark version so that it reads black during the evenings. And add that to your palette. Suddenly you find yourself with five colors to work with. And what would add a nice splashy accent to all this? Reference the color wheel if you have to. Take your main base color and look opposite on the wheel and pick a version of that. Not Crayola intensity, but a lighter or muddier version. Also in this mix could live a couple different kinds of wood and plants because adding natural items always makes the space feel better and more inviting. It helps our souls to settle and let down our guard. It's okay to let a room evolve over time. You're not in a rush. This is a delight, this slow evolution of a space. The famed artist, author, printmaker, educator, and color theorist Joseph Albers compared good coloring to good cooking. They both demanded repeated tasting. That's a quote from the complete Color Harmony Pantone edition book that I referenced earlier. Incorporating time and sanity savers into your life is paramount to keeping stressors at bay and one of the things I swear by is coming up with a menu for the week and shopping for it all at once, eliminating multiple trips to the store and hopefully making your week much more relaxing. Listen to episode three to learn more about incorporating this time-saving automation into your life. Even if you've listened to it already, it might be good to revisit it. If you're enjoying this content and you'd like more where this came from, sign up for my email newsletter, Little Bits of Home Functionality. It comes just once a week and is intentionally short. You'll see a video that has a tip, trick, or poses questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. Find the link in the show notes. Follow me under the handle space and reason on Instagram if you haven't already, and you'll see more of the color palettes I referenced earlier. Did you know that you can hire me? Yep. 
If you happen to live in the greater Metro Portland, Oregon area, and you'd like to hire me as your home coach or as your realtor, reach out to me through social media or my website, spaceandreason.com. If you enjoyed this show, please give me a review. It helps me to hear your feedback and others to choose to listen or not. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. <laughs>